We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Bear Report live stream. We got Usaid Kolschul, publisher Zach Pearson, as well as Andrew Freeman in the house. So you can follow us on Twitter at you can follow me on Twitter at Usaid Coach. You can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson. That's Z A C K, and then Andrew's on Twitter at AJ Freeman twenty five. Zach, what's going on? I know you've been busy because you were at Hallis Hall like all week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, three practices at Hallis Hall for. Uh, mandatory mini camp and kind of a little bit of a ramp up period from what we saw with the voluntary OTAs for the past two weeks before that. So it was nice to be out there. It was nice to get like longer practices, even though um, Thursdays was a little shorter. It's just nice to have those practices still. I mean, they're not even in pads or anything like that. So there's not much we can kind of take away. Uh, there are some things, but it's not like they're actually fully into their, off season just yet that more of that stuff will kind of come in training camp yeah, yeah it was it, definitely oh go ahead andrew oh yeah yeah i was gonna say like it, it was certainly interesting to follow along um this week you know nothing like too huge i don't think like he's kind of alluded to you know it's still mini camp we're not in training camp yet it's still not really going live as of right now but you know it's still Bears news. It's still getting some interesting nuggets uh, from you and all the reporters there to kind of see what um, kind of expect as we get into training camp here. And it, it should be really exciting, I think. You know, the next month and a half is going to be brutal, kind of waiting for that. You know, the anticipation is definitely going to get palpable as we get closer and closer to August. But um, when we get there, it should be, I think, really fun once we get to that point. Yeah, I mean it's it is a long wait. Like you know, you do have the what the month and like a week or two, um, but you know, once training camp hits, it's just going to be a whole nother animal. And it looks like we're actually getting you know somewhat back to normal um, in terms of not only fans in the stands full capacity at Soldier Field, but like the Bears hosting some fans, like a very limited number of fans at training camp. That's always nice, and there'll be a lot more stuff out. You know, fans will be able to um, kind of offer their insight from when they were there. But, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the biggest storyline right now, obviously, for the Bears is something that, you know, conveniently dropped after all the media left and all the uh, press conferences were done. Like, literally the second Justin Fields signed off yesterday, uh, the Bears dropped a statement that they're going to, you know, they did place a bid for the land in Arlington Hearts for the Arlington International Race Course. And 
I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it is something that's like really, you know, taking up all the headlines. And, you know, for me, I kind of look at it this way. I don't think they would put that statement out unless they actually knew they had a legit shot at winning that land, winning that bid for that land, or they're actually using like a negotiation tactic with the city. The problem is the Bears would love to stay in Chicago, obviously. Problem is there's not many like places for them to build a brand new stadium that can accommodate them and accommodate what they want to do. Like there, you know, on the lakefront, there's very limited space unless they cut McCormick Place in half and use that property. Um, you know, there's the the uh, the land that they always talk about the casino on. I guess you could use that, but like the problem with the city of Chicago, I feel like everything's in the Bears' court right now because if they win this bid. You know, there is a chance that they could just use that land for like future stuff. Doesn't guarantee, but like I'm like 99%. If they get the bid, it's going to be a brand new stadium. And they kind of hold all the keys to all of this because that land out there, I don't think people understand how big that land is. Like you could, I think I saw something you could fit like a couple soldier fields out there at least and still be comfortable enough building other things. Like the possibility out there is in I mean, hotels, sports book. There's a Metro out there, restaurants, bars. They can put a team museum, not to mention they can host so many more events, you know, college football playoff. They can put a bid in for March madness, um, the big 10 title game, WrestleMania, Notre Dame could host games there, stuff like that. It's, I think my advice to fans and kind of what I'd say on this topic is, do not forget the financial aspect of this. Money is always king. And the Bears, as weird as it sounds, the Bears are not going to care about how happy fans are that they're moving from Chicago when they can make a lot of money because they don't make money from Soldier Field right now. They literally pay to play there, which is insane to me. Yeah, I'll add this before getting that you say it here. Um, Soldier Field, the land, it's Soldier Field, it's seven acres. The land for Arlington, uh, the, the entire – Area over there, it's like 326 acres. So you can, you can fit like a bunch of soldier fields right there, plus do all the other stuff that you're talking about. Like, it, there's so much they could do there. So, I mean, you say you can go ahead, but uh, I'll just throw that out there, like, just to put that into perspective there. Yeah, I likened it to so if you guys have ever seen Frisco, Texas, and where the Cowboys Stadium is, I mean, that itself right there is a little bubble where you have the stadium then you've got the training facilities the team facilities team headquarters and then you've got a whole bunch of stuff around it i would say that with 326 acres of just land sitting there you could do something very similar because it wouldn't just be the stadium you could have another bears fit location for example which i know is somewhere up there near lake forest i think in waukegan and then you could have something like a couple restaurants and entirely new team shops Zach, you alluded to the restaurant i mean you could have like a chicago bears like casino or some sort of affiliate and then all that money would be going into the mccaskey's pocket and i think that for ownership they have to understand one big thing here is that a new stadium would bring in so much extra revenue to the point where you could actually funnel that exact same money back into the football side of things when you ultimately look at it because i've always said this the bears are one of those fan bases where fans are going to show up whether the bears are winning 16 games a season or they're only winning one game it's just how it is it's a very diehard and committed fan base i mean it's also one of the largest fan bases in the nfl so why not go ahead and why not essentially rebuild this stadium and build kind of like a bears bubble or like a bears mecca 
just 30 miles outside of the city. If it means that in the short term, you're going to be spending a lot of money, but the rewards and the revenue that you're going to rake in is just going to be so tremendous. And it's really a key thing to continue to keep an eye on because there's, I feel like there's a misconception out there on social media that, oh my God, the bears are for sure moving to Arlington Heights. When reality, what it is, is this is they're one of the bidders to buy the property. They're not one of the final guys. So there's still a long way to go. So at least for 2021, I could say even 2022, they're going to be playing in Soldier Field. They're, they're probably playing in Soldier Field for at least the next five years, essentially. Like this is a long-term type of ploy. Um, I know their lease at Soldier Field is like 2033. I don't think they'll be there that long. That's just way too long. And it's like 6.5 million each year that they have to pay. Obviously there's a bigger penalty if they want to buy out of their lease, but with all the stuff that we're saying, all the revenue, like they don't like they could have parking revenue. They don't get that right now from Soldier Field. So they have parking revenue, food revenue, all this type of stuff. They would, I'm positive, I'm not like no insider source or anything here. I am positive they would take the the buyout and be very comfortable um, paying that. But you know, that's actually the, that's the biggest story around the team. The biggest story with the roster right now, and I think the biggest story of minicamp, and it's going to be a major story come training camp. Eddie Goldman, guys, uh, he was not there at all for the three days at, at minicamp. And, you know, to kind of kick it off on Tuesday, you know, we're going to play the Matt Nagy clip here in a second, but listen to this clip from Matt Nagy when he's asked. There's actually two clips that he we're going to play. Um, and essentially he was asked about Eddie Goldman not being there. And I don't know about you guys, but he didn't really sound uh, too happy. And he said it was not an excused absence. Hey, Matt, uh, I've got two unrelated questions. Uh, first, I wanted to ask about Eddie Goldman. He's uh, a guy we did not see out there today. I'm wondering if you could uh, shed some light on that. Yeah, no, you were right. You know, he, he wasn't out here. And um, again, for, for us, um, we're out here practicing. And as everybody knows, it's a, it's a mandatory mini camp and, and he's not here, but um, uh, we did, we did have a, a discussion with him yesterday and, and uh, obviously I'm going to keep that between us, but we, we do expect him to be at training camp, rocking and rolling there at training camp. Is, is, is that an excused absence? Um, no. It's uh, this is a, a mandatory uh, mini camp for us, so I think that uh, uh, just excited about all the guys that are here. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I would say definitely not happy there, as a whole. <laughs> yeah that that last answer from the question from Biggs pretty much kind of told you like Matt Nagy is not happy, and I don't know what's going on. I've been asked this question a couple times actually. I personally, I think it could be a combination of him maybe not being in football shape. I really don't like bringing that up because I don't like judging anyone based on that. Um, that's something to kind of keep in mind. Or maybe he is just reconsidering he doesn't want to play this year. But the thing to consider here is there's no opt-outs this year. Last year he could opt out and you know not you know be hit with a fine or anything like this. The team can find him in minicamp. I believe they probably wouldn't. Uh, I, I can't imagine they'd find him for these practices. But if he doesn't report for training camp, he's going to get fined every day. And I think this is a story that's you know has a lot of implications, especially for the Bears' defense. Because you look at last year, man, they had to use a rotation of guys: Bilal Nichols, Roy Robertson, Harris, Brent Urban, um, Akeem Nix, Akeem Hicks had a slide in there as well. And they don't want to do that. 
because they don't have Brent Urban this year. They don't have Roy Robertson Harris. They have a couple guys like D'Angelo Blackson and, and Blau Nichols, Mario Edwards, Akeem Hicks. But like they would definitely prefer to have Eddie Goldman in the center of their defense because when he wasn't in there, they struggled uh, against the run at times. And when you don't have to focus on Eddie Goldman and you can focus all your attention on Akeem Hicks, you know, as good as Bilal Nichols played last year, he's not as dominant yet as those two guys. Well, well, they also signed Mike Pinnell as well, which That's makes this interesting because it kind of brings – he's a veteran guy who's been around the league for a few years now. He's a quality run stuffer as well. He kind of plays the same role that Eddie Goldman can, and I mean, they're getting him at a bargain of the price basically. And it might just be that like they want to get some more depth there. They've seen Kairos Tonga here in rookie minicamp, OTAs minicamp. Maybe they just want to get some competition for him, but it – does leave the door open for maybe they're questioning whether Eddie Goldman is going to be in their in their plans for this year. I'm not going to go that far yet until we get to training camp. I know it's a long time away, but you know you kind of alluded to this, Zach. It could just be that Goldman just didn't feel comfortable from a conditional conditioning standpoint to go out there and go full go at a mini camp practice and wants to use this extra time to get into football shape because he, he spent a year out, um, you know, with the opt out last year, so he may just not feel comfortable as of yet getting back into camp. I, I, I'm not sure I buy that completely because still you can still use mini camps as, as an opportunity to get into some form of football shape um, to a small degree, I guess, because they're pretty light practices, especially for defensive linemen, offensive linemen anyway. Um, it's a lot more seven on se- From my understanding, it's a lot more seven on seven, um, you know, passing type of, a lot of light stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it is interesting because the Bears, they had an opportunity to restructure Goldman's deal to open up more space this offseason. You know, him coming back um, with the contract that he does have right now, that was an opportunity for them because they are light on cap space, and that could have allowed them to make other moves to add talent here to this roster, and they declined to do that. So uh, that does put into it does put into a question here because, you know, it's an easy move on for them in 2022 to get out of Eddie Goldman's contract. I think it is a $6 million cap hit, but they'd be saving a little bit more than they would be incurring on a dead cap, you know, charge from a cap space uh, standpoint. Um, so again, I'm not going to freak out about this until he's, until he's a training camp and he's not there, but it, it's cer- certainly something to monitor here. And, you know, hopefully whatever is the issue going on, it's something that can, can get resolved quickly and we can get Eddie Gilman back into camp for the Bears because I, you said it, Zach, and he's a guy that makes a huge difference for the run defense. You know, run defense, it, it's not as important as pass defense. And I'm more worried about their quarterback room than their nose tackle or defensive line situation at this point. But still, if, if you're going to go the route with their strong front seven, you want to have all your dudes there. And Eddie Goldman is one of those dudes to where he makes an impact every single Sunday with what he does. So hopefully he's, he's good to go and healthy and he can get back and, we see him in a Bears uniform this year, but it's just a wait and see at this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where I always refer to Eddie Goldman as kind of the glue that holds the Bears defense together because, and you guys alluded to this, I mean, he's up there, he's taking on these double teams, and then what does that do? That frees up Akeem Hicks, and then that also frees up guys like Khalil Mack, and then it impacts your linebackers as well because in Danny Trevathan and especially Roquan Smith, they can kind of just roam freely, but the Bears also lost a lot on the defensive line this offseason. I mean, that you lost the defensive line coach Jay Rogers, who pretty much helped build the unit up alongside Vic Fangio. But then you lose Brent Urban, you lose Roy Robertson, Harrison. Okay, you have Angelo Blackson and Kyrus Tonga, not really major options. I mean, Mario Edwards Jr. is back, but outside of Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols, every single person that you have on that roster right now, on, in the defensive line room right now, all these players, they're all just rotational guys that are going to play like what 10 to 15 snaps, maybe 20 snaps a game if lucky so it's one of those things to monitor going forward and then just looking at Mike Pennell again a guy that you're just signing at this point because as insurance for Eddie Goldman in case Eddie Goldman's not ready to go by the time training camp comes around and I think that what if Eddie Goldman's not in camp then you know what that's when you begin to hit panic button you're like okay we have a legitimate issue on our hands here but I think just in general the Bears have kind of weathered this Goldman storm really well so far it could also just be a situation where they're like hey look we know you opted out last year we don't want to throw you back into action we're going to kind of continue to ease you into all this and I really think that that's what it is more than anything because what's weird is Ryan Pace was asked about Eddie Goldman the last time Pace spoke to the media Pace was like oh yeah he'll be back Sean Desai was asked the same thing he'll be back but you have Marquise Goodwin who and Damien Williams both opted out last year. They're there. They're pretty much participating at full speed. And we haven't heard a single thing from Eddie Goldman. Now, I think what's more interesting is that if Eddie Goldman was truly ready to be back, I'm sure he would have spoken to the media at some point. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of tough. I, I you know, I, I would say that the media availability is kind of, I don't know. It's hard. That's a hard point just because how the bears kind of make the players, you know, available. So I, I don't know if he would have talked guaranteed, but I do think you bring up a good point that, you know, we've heard multiple people say they fully expect him to kind of be back. Uh, the only thing with that, and I was kind of actually going back cause I've been saying that as well. And I was looking, I'm like, you know, they, they say they expect him back. Um, but, it's never like officially been, oh, he's he's definitely coming back. And I think the closest we got to that was by Ryan Pace or uh, Sean Desai when we had his uh, presser for like his introductory press conference. But either way, I mean, I think you're right there, both of you guys. Like we're not going to know until training camp. Training camp is definitely going to be the time that we are going to know, and it's going to be the days leading in. I wouldn't be shocked if he does decide, I don't want to play again this year for whatever reason. We'll probably know a couple days before. Um, I, I think, you know, we'll know for sure that first practice of training camp, because if he's not there, that is not a good sign for, for this defense. Cause they might have a little bit of a hole. And, you know, the players that you mentioned, you say, you're right. Like 
all that's just a bonus. Like if they get anything from those guys, it's just a bonus. You can't really expect any of those guys to take that next step and be dominant up front like Eddie Goldman is. Maybe Bilal Nichols. I do think, you know, the expectations are a little higher for Bilal Nichols this year. But even then, like you can't he, – he's not going to be one of the, you know, three best nose tackles, five best nose tackles in the league. It's just right now it's not realistic. And he's actually better out of that position as well. So – yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. Um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but wasn't it? Didn't Nagy already mention that Eddie Goldman's been back at the facility See, working out? I that, think that kind of makes it weird it. for me. Yeah, I think he said he's seen him at the facility. I think that was the first OTAs. Mm-hmm. I want to say so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like the thing is, is if it is football playing shape or anything like that, these are like for the offensive line, the defensive line, these are very, very, very light practices. Like these are not full go pads hitting each other. These are pretty much arms extended. You can get by people, things like that. But I don't know, man. It's just, you, it was just something odd listening to Nagy talk about that. It just, it didn't feel, it was not a good feeling listening to talk about that. It was super weird, but switching over to the offensive side of the ball here, because I see Bryson's got a comment in the chat. And thanks for all the support, Bryson. We appreciate you because you're tuning into like everything we do here at Bear Report. But, you know, Bryson mentions looks like Marquise Goodwin is already having an effect. I thought what was interesting, and Matt Nagy alluded to this, and I think it was his press conference, might have been Wednesday or Thursday, about how Goodwin is basically in shape and he's looking great out there. But what Nagy mentioned specifically was kind of Goodwin's Olympic style regimen and routine that's keeping him in shape. But Zach, what have you seen out of Goodwin the first few days? And do you think that where would you rank him on the depth chart behind Robinson and Mooney? Um, in terms of ranking on the depth chart, it's kind of too early just because I, I do think like, Daz Newsom's going to have an impact on this race. Um, Anthony Miller hasn't like he missed the last two practice or last three practices out there for mini camp, and he's been suffering with an injury. So, I mean, right now I think he's probably wide receiver three, just because they don't they have two guys injured. Uh, maybe wide receiver four. It just depends. Um, I I do think though it's not just good one. I think like Demir Bird also brings another speed aspect to this team. And one thing I keep going back to is the Bears address speed and it's not only addressing speed by you know signing Marquise Goodwin and signing Demir Bird and hoping to make the roster it's also you know drafting someone like Daz Newsom drafting someone like Khalil Herbert and then into practices they're taking a lot more deep shots that's like the one thing I've really noticed a lot in these practices so far is there's a there's a noticeably amount of you know deep shots more than we've seen the last couple of years. So I do think they're going to try to get Nagy's offense a little more involved with like taking more shots down the field, moving the ball down the field more. He couldn't do that with really Mitch Trubisky and Nick Bulls last year when they did. I mean, they're missing wide receivers left and right. So I I do think, you know, that's going to be something to watch in terms of their offense. But so far, I like what I've seen from Goodwin and Bird as well. I think both, you know, not only have that speed factor, but they both have solid hands and both have been catching passes for the most part. Uh, Bird, I think, had a couple drops or one or two drops. But Goodwin's not all, you know, he's catching the ball and then he's, boom, jetting right upfield. And, again, you know, they're pretty much running fast, but there's also times where, like, the defensive backs aren't going to chase him down because, I mean, he's going to take off and go to the end zone anyway. So, yeah, I I just – I like that they're adding the speed, and I think they have a quarterback that they drafted that excels in deep passes, which is a perfect match. 
Yeah, that's going to be the exciting thing, I think, from some of the main takeaways from this minicamp here, just you know, hearing that. Because you look at the Bears' offense over the past really three years. I mean, in 2018, they tried to push it down the field a little bit, but they just weren't very effective when they did it. It was very sporadic when they, you know, they did so. But the last two years especially, it's been a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of underneath stuff. And, you know, some of that is, you know, they just don't have this – didn't have quite the amount of speed that they do have now. And some of that's just on, you know, Trubisky or Nick Foles or whoever's in the game, especially Trubisky. I know I noticed this quite a bit. It wasn't that they weren't calling deep shots. It was either that either Trubisky's just not throwing it accurately or he's just not seeing the deep shots when they're open. Like I can I can go back – I don't know how many plays I saw in 2019, especially with Anthony Miller's running that slot fade route, and he's wide open on it every single time. And Mitch Trubisky's looking the complete other way. Like that's the type of stuff I think you know yeah. Matt Nagy has been dying to have in his offense. And you know, a good one, and even Demir Bird, like you mentioned, can add that to the group. I think that would be really, really something that could really unlock what they're doing here because it opens up things for Allen Robinson and in the intermediate part of the field. It opens opens up things for Cole Komet. In the middle of the field, it opens up for Tariq Cohn. He gets back healthy underneath, have more space to, to run around and get yards after the catch. Like, that is such a valuable part of Nagy's offense. And, you know, I think it's something that's just hasn't – they just haven't had that here in the last couple of years. And hopefully, with Moody there as well, they can really start to really stretch the field a little bit more and open things up a little bit. Well, I think one of the things that really sticks out to me is – and Zach and I, and Zach, you and I wrote about this last offseason when everything was virtual. Is that there was the Bears have a need for speed? I mean, they had added speed last offseason, but unfortunately, it didn't even translate over. Now, what I find to be really interesting this year is it's the same theme. They're still adding speed, but they're not just bringing on guys. They're not just signing guys for the sake of signing guys. I mean, they're legitimately signing players that have been in the NFL, like Goodwin and Demir Bird, guys that have proven to be deep threats have speed, but also have really good receiving skills. And that was just one thing that Chicago's offense really lacked last offseason. And that emphasis right there feeds into what they're trying to do with the quarterbacks because we heard Matt Nagy say that Andy Dalton's hitting these guys, the wide receivers with anticipation, which basically just means these guys are going to be in space, the receivers, and then Dalton's going to place the ball perfectly. I mean, Justin Fields was out there working on a concept with the tight ends a red zone concept that seemingly something had happened and Matt Nagy's like oh look I see him out there right now talking to the tight ends about a particular concept so really what the Bears are trying to do this offseason is not they're trying to add speed but they're also just trying to get back to the basics and do so much that they miss out on over the last two offseasons with the last two years really with Trubisky and Foles yeah, they, they also get, you know, Trey Cohen back as well, and that kind of adds another element to their offense. But, yeah, I mean, they're they're adding it by adding these players and having a, drafting a quarterback that excelled in deep throws. I mean, you watch his highlights at Ohio State, and he had a lot of deep throws, not only on the money, but, like, he was throwing him into tight coverage on the money as well. So, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see, you know, how they open it up a little bit more um, in terms of the regular season and spraying the ball around the field and kind of maybe hitting throws at that next level because a lot of stuff we saw was screen throws or, or intermediate and short passes, sometimes a couple of medium throws. But now you got a legit speed threat in Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Demir Bird, maybe Daz Newsome, things like that. That's going to open up a lot more for Allen Robinson and, and potentially Anthony Miller as well. And Andrew, like when you were saying that um, about Anthony Miller, I thought of the one game in L.A. Uh, I think it was 20 mm-hmm. – 
I forgot this was a primetime game. Um, I remember watching that, and that was the one that <laughs> Anthony Miller was wide open in the middle of the seam of the field, yep. and Mitch Trubisky missed him by like twenty freaking yards. And I remember Miller just looked back and he kind of gave that look, like, dude. What the hell? And mm-hmm. it was a good route. The other one was the other Rams game last year when Darnell Mooney just put an absolute clinic against uh, Jalen Ramsey in that one play, and Nick Foles couldn't get him. Yeah, there was some pressure there. I will give him that. But the Bears need a quarterback that can hit those throws because, you know, looking at the – over the couple of years – they have not been good in explosive plays at all. Like they do not have many explosive plays compared to other teams. Obviously the chiefs are by far, you know, the model you want to get to for explosive plays. But now like you look at some of these other teams, Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, they have a quarterback that can do it. Um, obviously, you know, the, the Buccaneers have it because they have a couple good wide receivers, things like that. And they also have Tom Brady, but like the bears are almost, I believe going into last year, they were near the bottom and I can't imagine last year helped at all. Um, kind of transitioning, we should definitely talk about this before we, we hop off the quarterbacks, like the quarterbacks are going to be a story all off season. And I've kind of given out my thoughts on how I feel numerous times about what Matt Nagy says, how, and you guys can agree or disagree, whatever you guys want to do, but tell me for me, how I see this is whatever Matt Nagy says right now does not matter at all. All. What matters is who's who's taking the reps at number one in training camp, who looks good in training camp, and the preseason reps, and who looks good in preseason. Because there's a lot of practice, a lot of game time between now and what, uh, is it September 12th, whatever week one is? It's a long ways away. Yeah, <laughs> it's a way. long ways away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's impossible to take any anything. I. I just have like a rule with anything Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy say in the offseason, just take with a grain of salt because there's always like an ulterior, I wouldn't say ulterior motive, but there's always, they're not going to give you straight up what they're thinking. They're um, the most secretive team in the league. They are literally the most secretive team in the league. There's no way they're going to give us anything. Yeah. You saw that quote flying around um, on Bears Twitter a few days ago um, where basically it was like, Matt Nagy was on the Chris Collinsworth podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. Go check it out. And, yep. you know, Matt Nagy said some interesting stuff. Uh, if you go back and listen to the entire thing um, for you know, what, Maggie Nagy, what Matt Nagy will say in the offseason, I should say. But, um, yeah, they're basically that quote where basically it was like float around that like no chance that Justin Fields will start week one. Or Matt Nagy said that. And it's like if you actually go back and look at it, it's like, well, yeah, he was asked like, is there a chance that Justin Fields will start week one? He's like, no. And then he's like backtracks immediately. He's like, but you never know because anything could happen between now and week one. And then he's like, you know, a lot of it in terms of Andy Dalton being the starter right now, I think a lot of it is just because, you know, Andy Dalton was brought into Chicago with, I wouldn't say the promise that he'd be the starter, but he was told by the bears that he was brought in to be the starter. So to go back on that right away, it would be kind of, it would just, it would kind of look bad on from Andy Dalton's Dalton's perspective, just because, they went out, they signed him, and now they're just like just gonna throw him to the to the side right away after signing him and pretty much telling him you're the guy, you're our starter for this year. You know, they're gonna give him, him an opportunity to be the guy at least. But we know it's all about Justin Fields at this point. We know that when if he shows that he's ready to go in training camp and you know he he's a guy that can step on the field week one and you feel comfortable about him playing um in this offense, you know that Matt Nagy, he's 
we know that he's excited about getting Justin Fields on the field as soon as possible. We've seen it in pretty much every single like interview. Like he's not trying to say much, but you can tell the excitement every single time he talks about Justin Fields that he wants to see him on the field starting for the Bears as soon as possible. And I think a lot of it's just professional courtesy at this point to Andy Dalton say, you know, hey, like you're a veteran, we're bringing you in, you know, to you know be our guy this year, but you know nothing's guaranteed and. You know, we'll see what happens when we get to training camp, I guess. You know, um, we still have a long ways away, though. You know, nothing's going to be, like, determined in a mini-camp practice. And, you know, even though we've heard some nice things about Justin Fields and Andy Dolan at times in these practices, like, it, it's nothing like getting into training camp or a preseason game and, and getting to a point where we can really evaluate where these guys are at. Well, yeah, I think – in minicamp and OTAs, you kind of just lay the foundation for what's really going to come. And ultimately, these guys are going to get into more details when we do get into minicamp. And when I say details, I just mean you're going to see a lot more and hear a lot more when the Bears are, well, I should say, just see a lot more when the Bears are actually out there practicing at Hallis Hall. When you also look at Chicago, I mean, from the perspective that that's going to be the true evaluation period. Now, what stuck out to me, because you guys mentioned preseason, was that Matt Nagy mentioned how during the second preseason game at home against the Buffalo Bills, they're gonna, he's going to be playing the starters a majority of the time in that game. Now, typically, that would be the third preseason game, but because there's only three now with the extra regular season game added, I think that whoever starts in that game could kind of be telling of what to expect throughout the final stages of August and right up until before the regular season. Because if we see Andy Dalton trot out there, then it's going to give me the feeling, I think you probably gonna have a feeling that Dalton's the one that's starting week one but if Dalton's not the one that's out there and it's Justin Fields that's going to be something big as well so that second preseason game is something to keep an eye on well the the other thing too is you know both these quarterbacks are still learning the offense like neither of them have really experience in this offense so whatever we saw in minicamp and and OTAs you know yeah man that he told us he don't take him the number one reps. I mean, that we all knew that too. And, you know, Justin Fields is going to get the number two reps. That's, that's not a secret at all, but both are learning this offense. I do think that the Bears are going to set the bar so damn high for Justin Fields to win the starting job that it's a win-win for them either way. Because if Andy Dalton trots out there week one, and Justin Fields gets to learn from Andy Dalton on the field and then learn from Nick Foles if he's here on the bench, that's a win for them. If Justin Fields blows everyone away in training camp and in preseason games and hits that bar and is a starter, then perfect because he's shown you that he can be the starter, a starter in the NFL. I think it's smart. Um, I, I know fans want to go back and forth with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, but – I mean, it's smart what the Bears are kind of doing, and it just goes back to, you know, we can't really believe what they say. Like, Matt Nagy can say he promised Andy Dalton the starting job, but, you know, he's got this new shiny toy, and if Justin Fields blows it away, you can't look at that locker room and, and look Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson, Keem Hicks, Allen Robinson especially in the face and say, you know what, Justin Fields was a better quarterback in training camp, but we're going to go with Andy Dalton because I gave him a promise. Andy Dalton's not going to complain. He's making $10 million. He's not going to complain at all. Well, look, we saw what, you know, a quarterback competition did for the team last offseason. You know, you could 
it could be very well that that might have hurt their long-term outlook in that season, you know, having to go back and forth at the quarterback position in camp and not really getting into rhythm with their offense early on in the year. Like that might've been something that maybe Matt Nagy and his coaching staff looked at and like, we don't want to do that again for a consecutive offseason, have this big drawn out competition at the quarterback spot, the most important position. And the most important thing here is Justin Fields development. What's best for fields. How can we get the most out of him? not only for this year, but 10, 15 years down the line, how can we get him to a spot where he's our guy, not just this year, like again, I said, like 10, 15 years. This is a long-term investment of Justin Fields here. So if it's taking some time with him and sitting him down on the bench for a few games, which I'm personally of the belief that it's, it, it would probably just be best to get him on the field as soon as possible, in my opinion, just because I feel like he's not the type of guy that is a project that – needs that time to set. I think Justin Fields is a type of prospect that is comfortable playing right away, but you know, we'll see. I mean, it, it comes down to the old saying that iron sharpens, sharpens iron. And you know, at the end of the day, you want both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields playing at a high level because that means your football team's better at the end of the day. And whether it's Dalton or Justin Fields starting on week one, you know, hopefully it's the best guy, but I think kind of said it like, you kind of said it, Zach. If like if the veterans start to see that Justin Fields is the guy, like there's no way Matt Nagy's not going to like sense that and not go to Justin Fields there. Like if because this is going to be like probably the last year or two for a lot of these veterans on the defensive side of the ball. You look, you look at Dan Trevathan, Akeem Hicks, you know Eddie Goldman if he ends up coming back to play for them. Um, Eddie Jackson's on a second deal, but Cleo Max getting up there in age as well. Like they want to win now, and if Justin Fields is giving them the best chance to win right away and Andy Dalton gets out, you know, he's starting right away and they're not winning. Like they're going to go to Justin Fields as soon as they can, if that's the case. Yeah. I think when, so Justin Fields talked about this in his presser yesterday and he was just like, Hey, listen, I've been here before. Cause effectively right now he technically is QB two. And what he alluded to was this, that look, I've been in this situation before. I got to Georgia. I was a backup to Jake from, I played a couple games. My, um, freshman season, but then all of a sudden I went ahead and I transferred to Ohio State. Ultimately, what that basically means is he's ready to continue proving himself once again. But also just looking at it, you know, on my other podcast, Fireside Bears, I talked, I had an opportunity to interview Caitlin Rose Sharkey, who works for Fox 32. And one of the things Caitlin talked about was that the wide receivers last year, they legitimately just said that, hey, listen, we felt like last offseason in training camp was such a QB competition. There was a focus more so on the quarterbacks than there was of trying to figure out chemistry with the wide receivers. Now, when you look at that, ultimately what that screams is this, is that the Bears have to go into training camp again in about six weeks here with the mindset and philosophy of we know we should have a better idea of who the starter is, but also we can't sacrifice and alternate these quarterbacks between reps or between days just so that the chemistry with wide receivers is sacrificed. Because ultimately, when you look at it, I mean, Andy Dalton is a rookie in this offense, but so is Justin Fields. Because Andy's got a relationship, he's got a past history with offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, but ultimately he hasn't actually played in a game yet. So we don't really know what kind of Andy Dalton we're getting. We don't know if we're getting the Andy Dalton that put up a really bad 2019 season in Cincinnati and the Dallas Andy Dalton, or if we're getting the Andy Dalton, that was the reason that the Bengals made the playoffs for four straight years, or one of the reasons I should say. 
Yeah, and, you know, it, it's just Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace now are tied to um, Justin Fields. I mean, it's it's just that's what it is. So they're going to be also very, very careful. Like, they think he can go out there and start week one. He can go out there and start week one. If not, we have to also understand, like, they have to protect their job security as well. Like, they bought themselves another year or two. Um, I think they actually bought, you know, two to three years, depending on what Justin Fields does. So they're going to do what's best for them and the team because they have to win. And I think, you know, you look at this season, if you if, if Andy Dalton's a starter for five, six games, and you know, or, or let's say eight games, the Bears come out hot and they kind of slow down a little bit because that back end of the schedule is tough, and they go to Justin Fields, they're, they're st- uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are still going to be here. They're still going to be here another year. So they'll have something to show, you know, the McCaskey family, hey, like we have this – Justin Fields has played. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. If I had to say right now, I would, I think Andy Dalton's going to be the starter. I think Justin Fields should be. I think he's the better quarterback, but I think they're going to go with Andy Dalton. And like I said, Fields hits that bar super high and can just blow them away in practice and, and win that job outright. Well, look, the reality is that it's a lot easier to start Andy Dalton and then go to Justin Fields than it is to start Justin Fields and then go to Andy Dalton, like if Justin Fields struggles. Like that's just the way it is with these veterans rookie quarterbacks. And like it's a lot it's just a lot easier to have the rookie quarterback to fall on um to go to that guy than the veteran quarterback. So um that's the way I see it right now. That's maybe the way Nagy sees it like. That's just like an easier transition, I think, the way he kind of views it. Again, he's coming from Kansas City where they had that with Alex Smith. I don't think it's a nearly comparable situation because of where both these teams were at at those respective times. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Again, there's so much time in training camp. There's, like, no reason to draw any conclusions from anything we see that's said in the media, anything in these practices. Like, we're going to find out in training camp what happens. Until then, let's see. Let, let the cards play out the way they do. Yeah, last thing here, but I see another comment. Why do people keep saying Pace and Nagy don't have one more year? And that's the, I guess, last thing we'll answer before we officially end this thing and jump off. Um, but I'll go, you know, here's my thing is I think when you look at everyone that's local here that's covering the Bears, like us, for example, one of the consensus seems to be from everyone that's here locally is that Pace and Nagy definitely have more than one year left because Justin Fields is buying them so much time. I mean, the plan is this get through 2021, get Fields the reps he needs, see the steady incremental growth and development that both Pace and Nagy have hinted at in the past. And then what that will do is at the end of the season, you go to Ted Phillips and ownership and say, look at what our guy did. This is why you need to keep us around. That's ultimately the scenario. Now, the reason people keep saying that Pace and Nagy um, don't have more than a year or they're on the hot seat heading into 2021 and Chicago's the hottest seat of all. It's just this narrative that's created by the national media because if you look at what's being said locally versus what ESPN and CBS Sports and NFL Network is saying, the consensus among the national media is that Chicago is in fact the hottest seat in the NFL and that really pace the next regime is going to come in here. They're not going to have a first round pick, but they're going to be tied to Justin Fields. I don't see it that way. I think if you're Bears ownership and you're George McCaskey, you realize more than anything that forget what the national media is saying. You have to give pace and Nagy at least two more seats, at least two or three seasons for to figure out what you, if you can get it right with Justin Fields. But what do you think, Zach? I mean, this is, this is Matt Nagy's quarterback. Like they're not going to, it would take something historic. Like they'd have to go. zero and 17 
Um, one in 16, and Justin Fields would have to absolutely stink uh, this year, which I don't think is going to happen for them to really like fire Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. It's just this is Matt Nagy's quarterback. Like it, that's just the bottom line. He's bought himself at least, I'd say, two or three more years. And if Justin Fields is good, you're going to see Matt Nagy here for five, six, seven, eight, nine. Just depends, you know, how good Justin Fields is. Yeah, I mean, the Bears had one objective this offseason. They, they, they laid it out there in their postseason press conference after the 2020 debacle, the mediocre year that was last season. They said their number one goal is getting a quarterback, and they accomplished that. That was their number one goal this offseason. They accomplished it. So with that said, that means that their job was pretty much saved for this year. That That's what it comes down to. They got their quarterback situation figured out, at least in theory, and now they're going to, you know, let it ride out because Matt Nagy has two more years left in his contract. We don't know what Ryan Pace's contract situation is, but I'm assuming that they probably align those contracts together. I would assume they just did it behind closed doors. They don't want – because they're the Bears, they just don't want anyone knowing for some reason. That's just the way they operate. It's a simple question, too. Like, why right. can't they just answer it? <laughs> simple question. It, it, would, it would clear up. So it would make – honestly, it would make things a lot easier for them just to answer it because then we're not speculating on it. It makes no sense. I'm not going to, you know, stay on that too much. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think they've, they, they're they going to get another year here at least after this season, I think. I think they, they realize that. That's why they're being patient with this. I, I think they know that they have some job security here for at least this year. And, again, like Zach said, as long as it's not like a complete catastrophe where they – completely suck, which I don't think that's going to happen. I think they have a good enough roster to be – I don't know if the playoffs is going to be a guarantee, but I think they're they're going to at least be competitive. So as long as they're at least competitive, I think they're going to get another year here. And I, I think – I feel pretty safe in making that uh, statement right there. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to be here another year, and it's really just about Justin Fields and his development this year and next year and um, let the car – and, again, you know, we'll see what happens when we get to that point when he's on the field. It's going to be a storyline, honestly, that's not going to go away. And I think it's going to die down as we get into like August, September here. But then if the Bears are stinking it up in November and December, those talks are going to resurface about our pace and Nagy going to be out of Chicago in 20 after the 2021 season. But hey, listen, guys, this has been fun. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook at Bear Report Scout, Twitter at Bear Report, and follow our college football and NFL draft podcast as well. Picks for Pace. You can follow myself on Twitter at Usaid Koshal. Follow Zach on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson. That's Z-A-C-K. And then you can follow Andrew on Twitter at AJ Freeman 25. Check out the website. We've got some great stuff there for you guys. Zach's at Hallis Hall whenever they allow the media in. Check out his notebook. Subscribe to the website, guys. I promise you that is totally worth it. And then also check out the YouTube channel where Andrew has some really cool projects, and we're going to try and get that going as well. But that's going to do it from us. Good morning, good evening, and good night, wherever you may be listening to this. We'll catch you guys next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.